Hello again. Um, one of the animals I was interested to um, sort of share some information about on the podcast is the hyena. And the reason is that hyenas are probably the most misunderstood and misrepresented animal, uh, certainly that you'd find in Africa. And if you look at literature and folklore, they get a really bad rap and they're pretty much I'm not I wouldn't go as far as to say that they're despised but they are definitely down in that neck of the woods with most people they're seen as these scavengers cowardly um not particularly intelligent and uh, there's also if you look at folklore that there's associations with um the supernatural and all sorts of stuff with witches and who knows what you know werewolves all this kind of thing and even today, uh, with the um, the media we have, uh, if you think of The Lion King, um, now I watched it a long time ago, <laughs> so I have to remember, but I know it's, you know, this kind of common representation. Um, again, it's quite sort of sneaky. Um, so I guess that would sort of point to intelligence, which is correct, but it's definitely not the hero of the show, shall we say, which tends to be the lion. Um, and um, that's quite amusing for exactly the same reasons that the lion is also quite misrepresented in um, uh, common culture, let's say. So um, let's dive in a little bit and I'll just talk about the hyenas. And um, there are actually four species, but what are they? So what, what, where does the group of hyenas sit? Because they look a little bit like a dog, but they, in fact, are not very closely related to dogs. Um, obviously, they're mammals. They're closer in many ways to cats. Uh, probably the closest group of animals are things like the mongoose. That that would be the closest group to them evolutionary, but they are a group on their own. Uh, they've gone through um, quite a, a range of evolution. I'm, I'm not going to go through all of that, because, mainly because it's probably not that relevant. Uh, the relevant stuff is that there are four species of hyena alive today. Now, um, three of them are in a group that was referred or has been referred to or is referred to the bone crushers. So they're the ones we tend to think of. And the other one is the aardwolf. So that is down in the southern tip of Africa, in South Africa and Namibia. And the aardwolf is basically an insectivore. So it ba- it eats insects. So um, that's not one that people would tend to think about when you talk about hyenas, but it is number four in the group. And um, that's pretty much all I'm going to say about it because I really wanted to focus on uh, the hyenas that you're you're more likely to know about. So what are they? Well, the first one is the spotted hyena. Now, this is the animal that you're most likely to think of uh, when somebody mentions a hyena. It's also known as the laughing hyena. So that's the um, the one that most people will know of. And that's found throughout sub-Saharan Africa and down almost to uh, the south. So it kind of gets into northern Namibia, the very northern parts of South Africa, but not all the way to the the south. I'm going to come back to the spotted hyena because that's the one I really want to spend most time talking about. Uh, there are a couple of other bone-crushing hyena um, subspecies, though. The first one is the striped hyena. So this one is found throughout northern Africa, uh, so northern eastern Africa, um, up to about Tanzania, 
um, and then in areas of the Middle East and into um, Southwest Asia. So that includes most of India. So that's where you're going to find that. That one is near threatened. So it's not in, not in deep trouble, but it is um, an animal that um, could potentially get under threat. And this one is primarily um, a scavenger. So that one will fit to some extent the um, uh, kind of common um, view of hyenas. It's quite a pretty animal, I think, but um, there you go. <laughs> um, the striped hyena and also uh, the brown hyena, which we'll talk about in a moment, are known as uh, facultative scavengers. So that's not easy to say after a couple of glasses of wine, but they basically that means they're a scavenger that will tend to scavenge when there's no food available to hunt. So they tend to spend most of their time scavenging. Uh, the brown hyena is the other bone crusher, so the third one. And, and that shares a range pretty much with the aardwolf. So down in Namibia, um, South Africa and um, Botswana, down in that southern tip of um, Africa. So I'm going to go back to the spotted hyena because um, that is a quite an interesting animal. Now, where a lot of the, where some of the um, uh, misunderstandings of hyena come from, first of all, are telling male and female apart because the female hyena has evolved some quite interesting Genitalia. I'm not going to go into much detail on this because I um, just want to make this kind of more of a generally available podcast. But basically, it, using the traditional method of looking at genitalia, it's much harder to, in fact, it's almost impossible to tell male and female apart, at least by looking, because the female genitalia has evolved so that it looks very much like the male. And that has led to um, a lot of the um misunderstandings about the animal and thinking it's maybe hermaphrodite or it can change sex or all of these kind of stories that come about i mean even in uh, roman times it was the hyenas were misunderstood that way um what it means in reality though for hyenas is that it, it, it does make it very difficult it makes it much more difficult for them to mate uh it does mean that they can't be forced or they can't you can't a male can't forcibly mate with a female they both have to be um, involved in the process but it does mean that something in the region or it's thought that something in the region of 10% of females die in childbirth because the birth canal is quite long it's got a, an interesting um, kink in it and also um, a significant number of the um, uh, young hyenas are dead in childbirth because of this um, strange evolutionary tack that the hyenas have, have have taken for whatever reason. So that is one of the, um, uh, I guess, notable features of the hyena. And there's, there's quite a lot of uh, material online if you're interested in understanding that further. I, I won't go any further with it here. But um, it, it, it has most definitely contributed to this misunderstanding of the animal. Now, the other, the, the easy way you can actually separate male and female in terms of just identifying which is which, is by looking at them. Because if they're side by side, the female is much larger 
and it's also much more aggressive. So um, hyenas have a very strongly matriarchal society, and um, so it is the female comes first, female will dominate, they have the first pick of the food. Uh, males are very much the, the sort of bottom end of that society, and they'll get what's left once foods once females have eaten and uh, the, the cubs that the females are looking after have eaten and the males, uh, particularly any that are kind of uh, have a loose affiliation with the, the group, will tend to eat last. So um, that's not a great place to be from their perspective and definitely not the usual kind of setup in a, in a mammal uh, society. The other thing about hyenas is they can live in uh, quite large groups. I've seen numbers 80, 160, that sort of thing, which is very large groups. Um, and even bigger, in fact, they, they can come together in much, much larger groups. Uh, but they also have a lot of subgroups that is more the day to day. So in many ways, it's it, their society, if you think of it in that in those terms, is very similar to ours, whereas we have small groups, obviously families and, and partners, that sort of thing. And then sort of larger groups, which if you think of the tribal setup uh, these days for um, certainly Western civilization, you, you can um, picture examples of a tribal setup by looking at football supporters, say, or, you know, rugby or whatever it might be. But where you come together is a, is a group and you have a clean, a clear identity that separates you from other similar groups. And, that, and that's a tribal setup in, in many ways. Um we have that kind of setup, and then we we have cities and and much broader groups. So, hyena society, if if that's not the wrong word to use, but it's it's set up in much the same way. So there is a um, quite a complex um, setup with them, and it definitely follows the the trend of of mammal society. Now, another thing that is um, I, th- I think a lot of people don't know about is that intellectually hyenas are quite smart. Um, with studies of their brain, the, the, the frontal part of the brain is, has shown a development that's probably closer to primates or that is close to primates than uh, cats, dogs, any other mammal family. And they have been shown to be very intelligent and they'll work well together in groups. And there was a study, and I've forgotten the lady who ran it, but I have seen it. I think it was on Netflix. But there was a comparison between um, hyenas. And I think this was chimpanzees. I'm trying to remember now. But it's definitely been found that in tests where in order to get food, you have to think through. In other words, you can't use brute force to get the food. In some studies, hyenas have performed better than chimpanzees. So we tend to regard chimpanzees as being very intelligent, along with dolphins, and you know, with us in the, in the mammal group. But hyenas are also an animal to take quite seriously in, in that situation. And how that's worked for them uh, in, in terms of hunting is that they can hunt in groups. They will tend to hunt more in groups than um, alone. And they can take down quite large prey. So buffalo, um, they they will take down uh, zebra. They'll hunt. Um, and in fact, the um, spotted hyena actually hunts most of its prey. It will hunt. Uh, it's in the order of ninety percent of their prey is hunted. In, in fact, as a proportion, that's higher uh, than lions. So 
lions are more likely to try and steal prey from hyenas than the other way around, although obviously that happens. So this idea of a cowardly um, animal that just scavenges and tries to steal food from other predators is is actually quite the reverse when it comes to hyenas. Um, I'm not going to go into any detail, I think, but, uh, because it's quite gross, but um, or it can be upsetting for people because nature, once you start looking at things in nature and how animals kill, um, some animals make a real meal of it, not to use a, a pun, but um, hyenas are one of those animals. It's, it's It can be quite distressing uh, to watch um, hyenas killing um, a, another animal. It can take a while and it's extremely unpleasant. Um However, because of their intelligence, they're able to um, take down prey, and they are very effective hunters. So it's just something to bear in mind that um, hyenas, and particularly the spotted hyena, is quite an intelligent animal. It's quite a smart predator. Now, hyenas generally don't prey on people. They have been known. It has been known to happen. Uh, but it's it's actually quite rare. However, hyenas are the mammal that probably eats more people in Africa than any other animal, but that's not to say kill them. So they will scavenge on uh, human remains. And in fact, going back to human evolution, where people are trying to put together, you know, who was living with who, in certainly the early days of human evolution when, um, you know, following the the current accepted theory that we came out of Africa or primarily came out of Africa. Um, it's believed that we, one of the one of the ideas, I guess, or speculations about why humans and hyenas hate each other so much, I don't know, probably the wrong word, uh, but is that they do sort of tend to sit in the same um, kind of area, will tend to go after similar prey. Uh, we are both capable of running down our prey. I mean, if you look at... Um, how the human body has evolved it's actually evolved so that we can run and we're one of only two mammals that sweat horses sweat as well but no other animal um sweats um someone can bring me wrong no no issue with that but that's my understanding of it and the reason that sweating is so important certainly for us is that it means that we can run that when you think of other mammals when they start running out of breath they start to pant and animals, so they pant in order to cool down, but that then stops them taking in a lot of air. You know, it's a different um, breathing, a way of breathing, if you like, to to, um, to what we would do on a run. So when you're breathing normally, you're obviously breathing in through your nose and mouth. Uh, animals that have to pant are having to use the nose and mouth as a way of just cooling down, which means they can't run. So they have to stop and pant. I mean, think of your dog on a hot summer's day after a walk. Um, they, they don't run around so much when they get too hot because they have to pant to cool down. So humans have evolved to run down their prey and hyenas are actually evolved as well with that, uh, the way their um, forelegs are longer than their uh, back legs. That's evolved to allow them in, to run. It's kind of a loping stride, but that's, that's what it does. So basically, um, humans and hyenas are in many ways competing for the same prey and 
going back to the remains of um, hominids and early people that, that have been found, a lot of them have, um, uh, a lot of the, the remains are gone. It's kind of tooth, teeth and um, bits of bone, but that's tend to, that tends to be what you have left when you've been through a hyena's digestive system. And also looking at some of the um, the remains of animals that have been found or bones that have been found, there's marks from uh, tools and also bite marks from hyenas. So somewhere we were both having a go at the same carcass. So um, that relationship with hyenas has been there a long time. And that probably also goes some way to explaining why hyenas figure so much in folklore and why they're seen in many ways as kind of like the boogeyman or it's, you know, there are this supernatural element that I I spoke about before uh, that can possibly be explained to some extent by us going after the same prey. So they were always a threat, you know, we're always competing with them. So they're an, a, been a, an enemy for a very long time in that sense. So that is pretty much what I wanted to talk about. It's been quite a short podcast, but I, I hope you found that interesting. Uh, um, hyenas are interesting animals. Um you know, f- fulfilling that role of eating carrion is very important for both just the cycle of um, life, food, um, things growing and dying and growing. You know, being eaten and ending up back in the ground is an important part of that. And obviously, by eating dead meat, they're reducing the chances of disease because as things rot, you uh, get all sorts of nasty things uh, growing in there, which you really don't want to get in your system. So... Scavengers, and that's all scavengers, fulfill a, actually a very important role when it comes to uh, keeping a whole ecosystem healthy. So hyenas definitely definitely fulfill a very important role. But equally, um, the spotted hyena in particular, in particular is sort of much maligned and much mis- misrepresented. And it is important to understand where they sit in the cycle of things. And in many ways, they're on a par with lions. They're definitely smarter than lions, by the way. Although lions have this, you know, we've given them this image of the, the, the Lion King and all this stuff, they're often not the, not the sharpest tool in the box <laughs> when it comes to um, being successful in their environment. And hyenas um, are very adaptive. They're very intelligent. Uh, they do have that aggression. Uh, there is a lot of even aggression within communities. And and in some ways that also, I guess, reflects our society. We will tend to do that too. Uh, But they are, I guess, in many ways closer to us in their behaviours than we might imagine and perhaps might be comfortable with. So anyway, that's it. It's um, quite a short podcast, but I hope you found it interesting. I hope it at least makes you rethink or look at hyenas in a different way. And um, as I've said, there's... A lot of information on the web, not not as much as you might find with other animals, because um, hyenas are not haven't been that well studied. They're not that they're not top of too many people's favourite animal list, but they um, are definitely very interesting animals if you if you spare the time. And I think certainly in recent years and recent certainly recent decades, there's been much more interest in them, and we're we're really starting to um, understand them. Uh, far better than we used to. And I, I think we be, they're beginning to get, um, at least very slowly, 
they're, they're getting the recognition, the acknowledgement for where they sit in the, the food chain, in the whole ecosystem and the contribution they make to it. So I will speak to you again on the next podcast. That's it from me. Bye for now. Just before I go, I want to let you know that there's a couple of ways you can support me if you feel so inclined. Uh, with the podcast, Buzzsprout, which is the um, the platform I use for all of my podcasts, they have a subscription model. So if you feel that you would like to subscribe, a few dollars, a few euros, whatever, um, to the podcast, that would be much appreciated. The other option is my Patreon membership. So if you'd like to become a patron, and that starts at the price of a cup of coffee every month, You'll get access to exclusive material, behind-the-scenes material, photography tips, all this kind of stuff, depending on which tier you're at. So there is information available through my website and um, also on the, the written text to go with this podcast. So if you choose either one, thank you so much in advance. And whether or not you do, I hope you uh, continue to enjoy the podcasts and let other people know about them. Thank you very much. Bye for now. 